Hey, my fellow Carolinas members, it's time to tee it up once again for Rounds for Research. We need your help securing tea time donations for this year's auction starting April 26th. Over the past few years, chapters like Florida have really stepped up their game, and the Carolinas' leadership in this project that we created more than a decade ago is being challenged. But it's not just about keeping the Carolinas number one. Really, it's about generating the research dollars to drive the solutions we need to keep our courses and our game thriving. Making the time for a conversation with your owner, your GM, or your director of golf, whoever it is that needs to sign off on a donation, is one of the best investments you can make on behalf of our industry. And if the virus means your facility is closed to outside play, please consider making a cash donation. We all benefit from the research generated by Clemson and North Carolina State, so really there is no reason we shouldn't all be pitching in. Please don't let your facility be conspicuous by its absence. Take the time, make the effort, go to roundsforresearch.com today and keep the Carolinas number one. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast do not reflect the views of the Carolinas GCSA or the show sponsors. You're listening to Pullin' Weeds Off Course. Another installment of the Carolinas Golf Course Superintendents Association official podcast with a focus on off-course industry folks and their relationships with superintendents and the Carolinas GCSA. Here are your hosts, Alan Knight and Tim Krieger. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome in. We appreciate you coming uh, to join us today here mid-February. Um with a really special guest, the guy who uh, put me in this chair, if you will, none other than Chuck Borman. Chuck, how are you today? I'm doing good, Tim and Alan. Good to be with you all. It's been a while since I've even been back down to the headquarters and to be able to be here and be on the podcast. Uh, looking forward to it. So uh, be fire like away. Home away from home, isn't it? Well, I'll tell you what, there were a lot of early morning drives down here <laughs> from Hendersonville and uh late evening drives back but uh it was home away from home and especially once we got our own headquarters it yeah. uh it was always fun to come in and uh, uh serve the members and um so it, it was a really good time well you're looking good these days in yep. case everybody doesn't have the visual this is not the same chuck you might remember seeing He's lost at least one chin <laughs> six miles a day walking six, six to five ten. to six miles a day well, but three of those days is playing golf, so right. that, that, that still counts. But uh, <laughs> at least yeah, you're out outside. The best thing about this COVID was, uh, you know, if 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 you didn't stay in and eat and gain weight, <laughs> at least it gave you some uh, uh, emphasis to get out and do something. And of course, being a golfer and golf. Uh, actually flourishing during this yeah. time, which has been surprising. Um, we play three days a week up in Hendersonville. We'll have anywhere from eight to 16 people show up in the morning. And uh, then on the days I don't play, then I'm out walking. And uh, so I feel good and um, really sorry that uh, we weren't able to hold a 
conference and show this year, so you still well, could you, have gotten to see everybody. You come back that every year, don't you? I do. I, uh, Tim has been kind enough to allow me to uh, come work uh, the Please conference and begging. show and help with uh, normally the education, yeah. and uh, it's something that uh, those that our members of the Carolinas understand how important it is for those that may not be members and who may be listening to this. Uh, you you got to come because it's a really special. It's a uh, it's a family get together is what it is, and it's True. Uh, really great. Now, before we get into the meat and bones of this interview, how long did you work with Tim here together? Way too long. See, did it feel like four years? <laughs> he has listened to some of these then. Uh, so the reason he asked, Chuck, is this, because when we first started doing these, I said to Alan on one of them, I was like, yeah, we worked together like three or four years. And his reply was, two episodes later. It was only a year. How he went back and checked, and we only worked together for a year. But it felt like three or four years. Well, full-time for a year. Correct. But, and then I, I worked as his finance officer one or two days a week for a couple of years. Gotcha. I think overall it was, I think it was close to four years. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it only took only took a year to realize <laughs> what the Carolinas had gotten into. I hear you. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> That's great. It's your fault, and you're going to have to tell everybody why here and put it on record here in a minute. But I think it's just great that he did acknowledge that Alan is here still, that um, he is still our co-host. If we yeah. can. I forgot Absolutely. to do the introduction there appropriately. It's, it's all right. But, um, no, I think it's great. I, uh, I just love seeing you back down here. Um, you know, the whole COVID thing, I just, how, how, how much would it suck having to be retired three times over? All you have to do is play golf, and you have to walk a Donald Ross gym. Yeah, I couldn't think of worse things. Yeah, okay. So, anyways, let's get back to reality. Chuck, where were you born? Born in Rock Rapids, Iowa, up in the very northwest corner of Iowa. Uh, probably the closest town that anyone would recognize is either Sioux Falls, South Dakota, or Sioux City, Iowa. And that's your pheasant hunting stomping grounds. That's it. I know you guys fly into Sioux Falls, don't you, when you go out? Typically, to, uh, yeah. Typically fly to, into Sioux Falls and then <laughs> drive unless, up. Unless Tim takes a three-week sabbatical and drives out there. It hey, was two that's weeks. the way to do it. <laughs> but that's COVID has had some silver linings, <laughs> right. right? I mean, it has. And, and with an iPhone, you can work from anywhere just about <clears throat> yeah, you if can. there's a signal. So this isn't about me, Alan. I'm sorry. Moving right along. <laughs> so um, how long were you there? You grew up there? You went to school there? You I went grew to... up in Rock Rapids uh, or within a 10-mile proximity uh, through high school. Uh, graduated in... Well, I yeah, guess well, I'll give it right away. Along. Graduated in 64. Uh, and oh, that ain't that bad. I'm about to say, you, now, you, 74 years old. You, wow, look so, at that. He grew up in a good time to grow up. Good music. I did. Good music, yep. Um, and uh, then went, graduated, uh, went to Wayne State, was then called Wayne State Teachers College in Wayne, Nebraska. Um, lasted a year. Uh, got an A in socialization and D's in about everything else. And uh, uh, they would have accepted me back with reservations. But uh, uh, anyway, um, I stayed home the next year and was working for the county uh, as a 
rod man on a survey crew. Uh, And uh, a good friend of mine's mother was the head of the draft board in Rock Rapids. And uh, she uh, said, called me one day and said, Chuck, you got about two months and your number's coming up. And so uh, about a week later, just so happened, my dad was talking and he said, you know, I heard that you can be a pilot in the Army with just a high school education. I said, no, that's not right. I said, you got to have a college education to be a pilot. He said, no, I'm sure that's what I heard. I said, well, okay. So anyway, I went up to Sioux Falls to the Army recruiting station. It turns out that the Army had a program called the Warrant Officer Flight Training Program where if you could pass the flight physical and what they called the ASVAB tests uh, and a interview in front of a board of officers, you could go into what was called the Warrant Officer Aviation Training Program. And uh, so in 66, Actually, it was uh, right after Thanksgiving of 65, I went to uh, Fort Polk, Louisiana, and went through two months of basic training. And once I finished that, I went to Fort Walters, Texas, and started uh, primary helicopter training in the warrant officer flight training program. How long were you in for? I was in a total of 23 years. Went in with... uh, went in with nothing you know when I by the time I got out of the army uh, had a bachelor's degree and a master's degree and retired as a lieutenant colonel uh, with 23 years of service uh, was in the war a, colleges uh, went to command in general staff college at Leavenworth. Fort Leavenworth where you're I'm sure your dad was there I was we, fifth grade there yeah. you were what grade fifth grade what year was that? Do you remember? 86. 86. 85, I, 86, because the Royals won the World Series. It oh, was the St. Okay. Louis. Yeah. St. Louis. It was the I-70 series when St. Louis played Kansas City in the, in the World uh, Series. See, year. I was there, I think I was 82, 83. I'd been over in Saudi Arabia and came back from Saudi Arabia and went in. We Had, lived in Shawnee. Oh, yeah. Shawnee, yeah, over there, right by the uh, penitentiary. Right, yep. We used to yep. fish in the pond back there until yeah. we got caught fishing, and we yeah. didn't know it was the penitentiary's yeah. pond. Yeah. Wow, cool. Good place. Great uh, great little base, and uh, uh, right along, right on the river, on the Missouri River. It's funny. I remember my dad bought us our first scratch-off lottery ticket there, um, and it just struck me because we were right across, like, from the penitentiary. Right. And so that was fifth grade for me, going into sixth, and... This year for my birthday, my wife gets me a bunch of lottery tickets, and my youngest is hooked, and he's in fifth, sixth yeah. grade. And he's like, I got, I, and I so remember his emotion. Like, every dollar I saved, I wanted to go buy one, but I couldn't. And my parents weren't going to buy them. You know? And so Colton's going through this whole same thing with the lottery yeah. ticket. But anyways. All right. Sorry. So 23 years in the service. Yep. Got out as a light bird, light colonel, yep. 05. Yep. Then what? Then I, uh, I was in Raleigh, North Carolina. My last assignment was commanding the Army Recruiting Battalion in Raleigh and responsible for Army recruiting for all of eastern North Carolina okay. from Burlington to the coast. 
And so when I got out, um, I really didn't have anything lined up and uh, actually went to the Employment Security Commission who, you know, does job uh, uh, positions and placements and um, talked to somebody, filled out the forms, and they said, well, I'll tell you, the American Legion in North Carolina is looking for an adjutant or executive director. And I said, well, I said, I could probably do that. So I applied for it and um, uh, got hired. Uh, That would have been, I think I started in 89, like January or February of 89. In Raleigh? With the American Legion in Raleigh. Okay. And... um, Stayed with them until 94 and um, uh, decided I, actually what I had decided was I think I want to go back to the Midwest because I'm from the Midwest and I I thought I really wanted to go to the Midwest. And so I was looking in uh, American Society of Association Executives magazine uh, one day and in the back they had job listings and this is they how people had got like, hired before the internet. By the way, y'all pay attention. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is before the internet. This is pre-internet material here. Before folks. mobile phones, even cell phones. Correct. Um, and there were like three. The Golf Course Superintendents Association of America was hiring a membership director, a director of government relations, and one other position. Might have been the education director of education. Uh, and so I thought, well, you know, that sounds pretty good in uh, Lawrence, Kansas, near Kansas City, not far from Iowa where I grew up. And so I sent in a resume and then I started pestering them. And I mean, I, I, I pestered them. I remember Gwen Denton was the human resources person at GCSAA at the time. They had just had a big turnover. They had... Uh, uh, so these weren't new positions? Well, uh, no, were I, I think career right. development was a new position. Education and membership were old positions. But they had had uh, Randy Nichols, who still comes to our conference and show from... Uh, he was at Cherokee Country Club at the time and had been the president of GCSAA, he had sort of cleaned house with the old executive director and everyone there. And they had ended up hiring Steve Mona and Joe O'Brien. Steve is the COO, Uh, Joe, or no, uh, Steve is the chief executive officer. Joe is the chief operating officer. And Julian Arredondo is the chief financial officer. And so they had gone in and they had had to make some changes and people left and they were hiring new people. So um, anyway, over about a two-month period between pestering them, they finally brought me up for an interview. I interviewed for the director of membership's job. And, um, and then I pestered Joe by phone a couple of times and finally got hired and went there. I think it was in uh, November of uh, 1990, no, 1994. 
94, November of 94, okay. uh, I went uh, as the director of membership. And then you were there, and that's where you and Joe became buddies, and you guys still go on golf trips, and he's coming. He's helped our association with strategic planning when he worked at the first tee after he left and right. things of that yep. nature. But that's kind of yep. where that relationship, I'm yep. assuming, started yep. and blossomed. How long did you serve as the membership director there? I was there for uh, about three and a half years uh, till 97 and a half, at which time um, Carolyn's parents, my wife's parents, who were in Hendersonville, uh, health was deteriorating pretty rapidly. And uh, so um, we had decided we'd come on back because she had, she was finishing up. We had been together in Raleigh. She was finishing up a 30-year uh, career in teaching, and so she had not yet moved down to Raleigh. We had been doing a, a long-distance uh, marriage for a couple of years, as a matter of fact, but it had worked out fine. She'd come for the summer times when school was out. Um, but then we decided we needed to come back to Hendersonville, and so uh, I told Joe and Steve I was going to have to resign uh, as the uh, uh, director of membership. Uh, but they said, well, okay, let's see what we might be able to work out. And so I moved into, well, now they've got field officers before they didn't have field staff out visiting chapters and things. So what they really did, they called me a special uh, projects coordinator and I would work on special projects, but I was able to work from uh, Hendersonville and uh, was uh, um, would go back and forth to headquarters about every two months and work with the staff there and do whatever I was working on. Did you did you like that role? Uh, I did like that role. I liked the uh, uh, I liked working on the projects, and I really thought, even though the the board at that time didn't weren't for field staff, I thought that that was a potential uh, avenue that could strengthen relations between the uh, GCSAA affiliated chapters and the headquarters. Uh, that came to fruition years later, but uh, but it really worked out well. I was in Hendersonville when the Carolinas uh, decided, made the decision uh, that um, uh, they were they were going to move forward with a full-time executive director uh, uh, on that. Up to that point, who was employed by the Carolinas? Uh, uh, Landon Miller was for years, 20-some years, Dr. Years. Landon Miller okay. from Clemson University Turf Department would teach and do research. I think he did mostly research. I'm not sure he did much teaching. No. But he would do research during the days, and at night he would go to the office and would uh, take care of the Carolinas golf course superintendent. And actually, he was not the first one. There had been several. Right. Uh, of, Can you remember them? Uh, so we have it on record? I can't doc paul uh, alexander was one oh, of them paul alexander bless his soul who just yep. died doc paul a few was months one. ago I, I remember you told me one time and i didn't 
I, I was blown away. I thought you were the first, other than Landon, and what, no, it, what it was. Is there, no, there, there were like there three were like two or three, yeah, that they had did the done same it, thing. Gotcha. Done, had to run it. And I know Angie was hired back then, wasn't she? Cindy? Angie was hired by Landon, correct? A- Angie was hired by, and now I'm, I was Michelle Andy. Ryman. Michelle Ryman. Yeah. Michelle, was, Michelle was the first. Michelle was the first one, I okay. think, that Landon hired. And she was and an employee she, at Clemson for years. She decided she went to. Uh, I think she was at the alumni the association. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think the alumni association, yep. and told Angie about it. And she, Angie might have been helping him with conference and show. Prior I think she to did that. for like two years. Yeah, and then right. and then the Angie was running it. And then Angie brought Cindy Baldwin on to help with okay. conferences. So when I got here in um, uh, April of 98, uh, it, it was Cindy and Angie. And they were already doing conferences show, so. They, the first year, well, they had done conferences show. In fact, when I was at GCSAA. They had helped with the I, Clemson Turfgrass show, right? Is that what it was? Well, uh, by then it was the Carolinas, but it started as Clemson, and they did it in Clemson. At, I think they called it the Clemson Inn or And then the Ramada, in. and then got yeah, blue the Rama- ink and yeah, blue dye in yeah. the pool, and they got kicked I've out. I've heard that. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, the last year. But I was down when they were at Kingston Plantation in Myrtle Beach, and the first time I came to the show, and they had a big tent set up outside, and they had the uh, trade show down in the parking garage underneath. And that November, we, we've been blessed with such good weather for so many years. But that year, that first, and that might have been about 96, uh, 97. So is that the it one It was miserable. Turner tells the stories about how the roof sloped, apparently. Yeah. It got lower, and he was on the end where it got lower, and it would... It was leaking, and so he would have water dripping down the back of his shirt during the trade show. Is that the same? Yeah, yeah, okay. that's, yeah that's, that's, that's where we it. were. Yeah. 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 So that's when Chuck comes in and saves the day and gets us into a, a building with a decent roof. Well, actually, they had done it. I got there in 98. In 97, the board, Dave Downing, I think, might have been the president or was on the board, and Don they Garrett. made the decision. I think it was Don made the decision. Oh, Don that they were gonna to go to the convention center. So they took up that year before I got there, one third of the convention center. I think Don center was the president that for, made it yeah. to, to change and then Dave was the president elected there. Right. Um, Which now, you said they used to take up one third of the area, now it's 100% of the area, correct? Correct. Well, the, and the, after, then the first, then the year I got there in 98 at the, um, uh, we took two thirds of it. And 99 on, we've taken the whole convention center. Right. Um, the other thing was when I got here, uh, we were in a little bitty office over uh, right, I forget the intersection, right in at the outskirts of Clemson on the east side. There was a dentist's office and uh, some other offices, and I walked in the first time. And uh, Angie and Cindy shared one old Mac computer <laughs> that, and they, there was a 
some database, I don't even remember what it is, it's still not in it, and Landon would leave notes in the evening of what needed to be on a legal pad, and Angie the next day would write answers and do everything that they had done, and Landon, bless his soul, never threw away anything, (laughs) so the office, it was hard to even get in and find a place Uh. to sit down. Uh, I can't wait and, to tell my first day story based on this one. Uh, <laughs> I hear you. So uh, anyway, so we, but the board had told me when they hired me, they said, you know, uh, first of all, they had said, if you want to move the association to Hendersonville, uh, you know, give it a try first and then let us know what you want to do. Uh, but I mean... Who Within did you, a month of of having worked with Angie and Cindy, I knew that was never going to happen. We were going to stay here because they couldn't relocate. They, they couldn't relocate, and it Young was kids. easier for me to come here to do it. And uh, who did you interview with? Who hired you? Uh, well, the board hired me. Okay. I um, they they had put out a. Did uh, you pester them like you did? No, I didn't. I the, I knew most of them. I had met them through GCSAA. I knew Dave Downing. I knew Joel Radcliffe. Already. I had been at the conference. They had an idea who I was, right. uh, and um, and actually that went pretty smoothly. I think they interviewed a couple of people, uh, uh, but offered me the position pretty rapidly and. Uh, he didn't and save that folder and pass to me the the other than Chuck oh, resumes folder. I have never get, found that cleaning this place. We'll get to you in a minute. How, we, how <laughs> no, I'm not worried about me. I just meant like I was going to tell you who the other people were that he interviewed, but I don't have those uh, files. Okay. <laughs> he threw them out when he got hired. You see gotcha, what I'm saying? Gotcha. <laughs> so, so wait, did you cover where the office was originally when he got hired? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then I'm wondering how do we get here? Was no, there no, anywhere? There was but, some, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, well. That office we knew I knew was not going to be sufficient uh, for once we got things organized and brought in uh, technology and and the board was very supportive. I very quickly wrote up a proposal for new technology, new computers for everybody, printers, uh, servers, database, uh, wow. everything like that. And you came in spending money then. Oh yeah. I, yeah, I did, and they, like I say, they, you know, I mean, they made a big commitment yeah. uh, to the association, uh, and if I'd have tripped and fallen on my face, it uh, would not have looked good. There wouldn't luckily. be a podcast today. Yeah, yeah there wouldn't right be a along. <laughs> or new headquarters, yeah. or any of the other stuff. But it worked out well, and because uh, Angie uh, lived over here, and also. Uh, Kim Clark had started helping at conference and show, and she was over here. And so I told Cindy and Angie and Kim, I said, look around and see what might be available. And there was a little building just a block away from our current headquarters, one street over. Uh, it's the CVS parking lot now. Was, okay. uh, uh, that was available and uh, a nice guy had it and rented it to us at a pretty, really reasonable rate, and we went in and sort of cleaned it up, and um, and it worked for us at that time for what we needed. When yeah. did you get into there? there? 
let's see. If I started in '98, I I think I think we were in there by the by before and by the end of the year of not no because we'd have had conference and show must have been early 99 okay. yeah early 99 so when we rented that um, one yeah we rented that one and then you weren't here long and then you took off again uh in 2001 but hold on before we get to that let me sure. ask a question do you remember roughly what the budget was when you got hired um you know, I was going to look at the article that was in the uh, Carolinas Green when I left, uh, uh, when I retired, because it had all those statistics about. I gotcha. I'm thinking it was like six hundred thousand or something, four hundred something. Um, I don't know. We, we've moved we got the magazines. One. We looked. They're yeah. in a new display. Anyway, place, it, it, you see, it, I'm looking I where they used looking. to be. It about <laughs> it. It's quadruple hey this, these I have all been cataloged now oh they have they're in a database really <laughs> wow he's like man you guys actually get work done around here when i'm not here they do oh, that's good they what do you do scan years. them in or no jada oh okay jada okay. jada home jada. for the holidays yeah good holiday helper good bless Super. her soul by the way jada is now uh, in college charles in college yeah <laughs> that's melissa smith's daughter correct jada who was born while you yeah were here. all right so i didn't know chuck left that's what i was trying to sneak in all right, right. but i wanted to get the budget yeah. info out there so yeah. he could show to where it was when right. he left the last time yeah. but we didn't how much know growth what the, he's had it was about four hundred thousand. what's the budget now this right under 1.2 okay but it was close to nine hundred thousand when he left the second time gotcha gotcha so you can see the exponential growth it doubled during oh, yeah. his tenure, um, and I think a lot of that was with the expansion of the conference and show and the partnerships. Well, it was in partnerships, and and it was a good time for golf then. You know, he rode golf, the wave, man. Uh, we he were, was here in the nineties. Yeah, you know, the nineties <laughs> were good for golf up until ninety eight, I guess it was, yeah, or until we hire somebody else in 07 and then we have a recession. So, uh, sorry, what did you leave for? Um, well, the, uh, bigger money, Joe glory. Joe O'Brien left GCSA's chief operating officer and went to the first tee down in Florida. A Joe, new organization at the time. A new, brand new organization. Brand new organization. Just started. Yeah. Uh, and so GCSAA was looking for a chief operating officer. And I, I'll tell you, I... Uh, I struggled mightily with whether or not to apply for the job, but I ended up applying and um, ended up interviewing and ended up getting hired uh, just before 9-11 okay. uh, because um, I think I got hired in um, like the 1st of September, and of course 9-11 happened yeah. uh, on the 11th. Uh, and I'll tell you what, Alan and Tim, I've never told you, I don't know if I've ever told you this, the smartest decision I should have made was to call Steve at that time and say, Steve, I just don't, I, my priorities have changed, I really don't want to do this, I'd really rather stay, but I felt like I had to go up and do it. I wanted to do it, don't get right. me wrong, I did, but I... Uh, uh, I got up there, uh, I was there for 18 months, uh, 
didn't really enjoy the job and didn't really do a very good job of it. Those go in hand to hand. You sat at a desk and you had 110 or 20 staff members and, um, you know, I'm better in charge of a three or four person office than I am trying to coordinate (laughs) 120 people. Which is hard for me to believe, but I get it. uh, so, luck, very, very few times in life do you have the opportunity to go back to where you were, and it just so happened in this case, uh, they had hired someone. Julian Barton. And you want to put that on there? <laughs> oh, well, I mean, that's uh, anyway, his name. Yeah. Uh, he was an employment record. I mean, Ju- I'm sorry. Julian Barton. Was Unless you want to say some <laughs> things about him that you no, don't want his name no, on there. We I can just cut want, that. you know, it just uh, it's it just didn't work. It just didn't work out uh, with Julian. And so in 2002, um, they uh, they let him go, and they started looking for another executive director. And this was about the time at the end of 2002 where I had decided I wasn't real happy up there. And Steve Wright, bless his soul, cannot I was hoping believe we were going to get to mention gone. him, that he was the one who cannot got you back. cannot believe he's gone. Yeah. Um, uh, he and I talked. I, in fact, I called him and I said, and this was just before conference and show, uh, and... Uh, and said, you know, I think I'd like to come back if you think there's a possibility. And he said, oh, yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we'd, we'd love to have. Nice. Well, I was on my way a couple of days after that going to meet with the Club Managers Association in D.C. and was in Detroit when I got a call uh, from my wife that her father had uh, had a brain aneurysm and um, he died before I could even get home from no. Detroit back to Hendersonville. So I think it was meant to be that that worked out yeah. like it did. And so anyway, uh, they announced at that conference and show that I was coming back as executive director and I actually stayed with GCSAA through the Orlando conference and show that year and then came back in March of 2003 uh, with the uh, association. Man. Yeah. Crazy, uh, huh? What, it, what so you, what year was it that you put the wrong phone number in the brochure for the USGA oh meeting? Oh, Lord. <laughs> Have you not heard that, Alan? <laughs> oh, God. So here, let me tell my version yeah, of it before he tell. tells his version okay. of it. So they, um, you know, this is early 2000s and, or mid through the 2000s. And every registration is still a printed trifold brochure, uh-huh. right? Like this ain't online yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we get the one um, for the March USGA Southeast Regional Meeting from the Carolinas Golf Course Superintendents Association when I'm working for HAP. Okay. And so I get it. I think it was attention to me for some reason because <laughs> of the golf week stuff, right? Right. So I get it, and I go over there, and I, I take it to HAP or something, and he goes to register. And so he calls the, I think it was an 866 number at the time, and it should have been an 800 number. 
But when he calls the number that's printed in the brochure, it's a sex hotline. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah. And I'm standing there with Hap. And he's like, oh, boy. <laughs> you know? And so Hap's wow. got to be the one to call Chuck to tell him this, <laughs> that his brochure's got the wrong phone number printed in it. Man. Because now this is this is out there. Right. Yeah. There's 200 brochures <laughs> in people's hands with, yeah. So anyway, sorry. Yeah. Well, that's that would have been like oh four. That, that, yeah. <laughs> I think that might have been oh four or oh five, something like that. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, so that's when we <laughs> claim the fame. So tell the story about the development. Let's just say between oh four when you came back, and let's just say oh eight when you transitioned out as executive director, maybe, and some of the things that came into fruition, like the local association management program, right? Yeah. Um. Well, they're in the magazine, we, right? Printed we directory. Had, I, I mean, well, all these. You things. know, one of the things. I'll let me t- say a little about the magazine. You got to tell about Trent. How you yeah, hired him? Yeah. When um, shortly after I got here, Landon had always done the uh, done the magazine and had worked with Jenny, and I can't remember her last name over in Pendleton, who had a print shop. And anyway, uh, Jenny and Landon would put the magazine together. Uh, and so when I got here, uh, I, I wasn't a big magazine per. I mean, I was a magazine person, but I didn't want to have to Deal physically it. do Edit. it, you know, with yeah. running we down along all well the stories and everything. Thank goodness for Trent. <laughs> so anyway, I'm out at Etowah Valley in Etowah, North Carolina. This playing, is in 98. Playing golf one day in 98. And um, there's another guy just standing around the putting green, and I'm getting ready to go, and I guess I was by myself. And he said, "You would you mind if I join you? And he had mate. An, had an, yeah, mate. He had an Australian accent. Well, I... I thought it was Australian. I wasn't sure English. You probably thought it was British. Yeah, probably <laughs> British. Um, but anyway, and it turned out to be Trent Bouts. And so we played golf That's how he got together uh, and found out that he had he had followed like the Australian national cricket team around oh, the world. The world writing articles about cricket matches and he was over here on a green card um he had uh, had met a a girl from Asheville and um they had gotten pretty serious and so uh he had come over and I guess they were married at that time they had gotten married uh, but anyway, we started talking, and uh, I said, you know, would you like to write some articles uh, for the magazine? And I think that's how he started. He did a couple of articles for the magazine, Freelance. And there was like a limit as to how much he could work then, as to what he had. Uh. But shortly thereafter... Uh, he got into a status where he could work as much as he wanted. I guess that's when he got his green card or something. Maybe he was under a visa or a temporary or something. If he'd ever come on the show, we could get the true story. We'll get him settled in here one him. day. Yeah. Um, 
But anyway, um, shortly thereafter, I asked him to take over uh, the magazine, and uh, he took it over, and the rest is history. I mean, the job that Trent's done with now multiple association yeah. magazines is but he, amazing. You hired him to work here for a couple he years did. as well, He did. Right? He actually hired, yeah, I hired him full-time as to like do the magazine and or something. programs, yep. When did Trent take over to SCGA magazine, South Carolina Golf Association? Uh, During 2008 or nine. Okay. It was after I had become, I had been here. Gotcha. Yeah, and he because um, they just started does, it in seven, I think. He yeah. still does the Georgia too, doesn't he? Correct, in Florida and Florida. Mm-hmm. So he writes freelance as well. Maybe his yeah. nickname should be Mister East Coast. Yeah, he could be. From an Australian guy, you might want to check the east coast of Australia first. <laughs> I don't know if that's Victoria or Queensland or what. Right. Yeah, Tasmania. No, so you hired him. He worked for a couple years. Right. And then we had uh, Kim came on full time uh, uh, shortly after we moved to Liberty. Uh, she had been working part time for conference show. She had been working at a daycare director. Had been directing a daycare. I can in, see that uh, easily. So and she came in to do membership. She came in to do membership, and Cindy went over to do education, or maybe. Well, you know, I don't remember. Just know we how, needed her. What, just yeah. Know, yeah, we needed her. So one of them did, yeah, one of them did the other. And then as we went forward, then we moved into chapter programs, trying to provide more support for chapters. So were there local associations prior to that? Yes. Yeah, okay. they were local. Oh, yeah. they, just, just they were on their never own. Been, I think there were like 11 and one formed while you were here, and then yeah. one formed since I got here. Right. Okay. Um, but they had they all sort of gone off on their own and certain ones were strong that you know had the talent to do things and so we thought well hey here's a great opportunity for the association to provide uh, some support for them so that the guy who's president that year doesn't have to do it all himself right and so that's where Kim moved into uh, Cindy at that time was then doing education. Then Melissa came on to do membership. Uh, then Trent, uh, when I came back, Trent had started the other magazines, and so I was trying to do everything uh, uh, with uh, legislative and everything else and that's when i that's when i reached out towards to tim and to see if he'd be interested in coming in so you and he forgot to call hat by the way you hands put that out there i didn't forget oh hello there hap sorry (laughs) (laughs) i love it Uh, don't worry he doesn't listen biff doesn't either how did tim come across your radar uh, I had seen Tim working the um, legislative okay. days at uh, in Columbia. Um, in Columbia, a uh, couple of them I had been, you know, involved with and had watched him uh, work. Um, I brought some other people in for interviews, trying to find somebody that I thought might be able to do it. Uh, board wasn't very impressed and I wasn't either after they got through interviewing 
Um, and Jeff Cannell was a big Tim booster and yeah. said, why don't you think about uh, this? Um, and I had, like I say, I had seen Tim. Actually, I'd also seen Tim and Hap in a couple of yeah. <laughs> shouting matches down on uh, uh, Main Street in Columbia or whatever so, it was. But, uh, but I thought, you know, yeah, he's got the... He's he's got the ability. Um, uh, he's still young. He'll mature some, and wow. he has. The way I remember hearing it, and this is the oh seven oh eight ish from Cannell. I get he might be on the board at that time. He was, yeah. He was thinking we need somebody like Krieger, and then they think <laughs> I think he thought we just need to get Krieger. You know, yeah. I probably had a lot to do with the golf ball and the legislative classic, all the functions you were. It was yeah, it was all the stuff, but I, you know, and and it, so I called Tim one day and said, "Hey, you want to stop by and talk?" I don't think I told you what it was you about. Didn't. Did I? No. I think I just said, "No, you didn't." You know, or if you're in the and you were in the area that day, weren't you going someplace or yeah, driving because, by? Um, or, yeah, we you know back at the SCGA, we didn't believe in shipping things that were of value that could break, so we had to drive the state amateur trophy up to Clemson. Yeah, uh, because I forget one of the kids, maybe it was Ben, had won it that year. No, nah, I think it was Luke Hopkins. Luke. I mean, not Luke. no, it might have been. Yeah, no, it was Luke. It was one of the kids that year, and we had to get it up to the Walker course. So I decided I yeah. would drive the trophy up to Clemson for the day. Yeah. And he had just happened to leave a voicemail at the office and said, "Would you stop by and chat with me?" So I thought we were talking about some sponsorship stuff. Right. No. Well, good. Quality of life conversation. Let's, what was early Tim like here? Early. This is a good time for me to go to the <laughs> Early Tim. Hey, what? A, little, a little less of this, a little more of this. I remember that speech. All right, so Tim, just <laughs> explain the way he just hand motioned. Well, his hand motion was up a and, little less of up and down yeah. and a little more of uh, let's just keep it calm across <laughs> the uh, you've done thing. one you worked wonders i promise you yeah uh the one thing i always remember uh is as that i told tim i said you know what tim it's not a big deal unless we make it a big deal he has reiterated and, that to me and uh, uh so it's uh he, he he's passionate Tim yep. is a passionate individual, and he uh, he would he could get passionate on subjects and on people, and uh, I just just try to keep him uh, keep him leveled out. Right, and um, and it, you know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of stuff just comes with age and, and maturity and experience and, and prescription. That growth. was uh, twelve years ago. You wow, know, so. Uh, there's a there's a big difference between 12 years ago and now, and it's um, and and it's he what it what happened is he's turned out to be exactly who I knew he had the potential to be, Boom. and for what the Carolinas needed, needed yeah. uh, as they went forward. And How does that the, make you feel, Tim? Pretty good because I don't think he knows what that is, nor I still. Gotcha. <laughs> Just um, something. Unique skill set. Yeah. Well, before, not too much on Tim yet. How do we get from the CVS parking lot to where we're at right now? Um, Paul <laughs> Jett. When Paul was... Uh, two big things Paul Jett should be known for and should be lauded for. Uh, one is really buying into Tim's uh, idea on the 
uh, auction. Uh, rounds for, for research. Rounds for research. What was your first thought on that? Well, I wanted to do a closest to the whole contest <laughs> at all the golf courses. We took that to a board meeting. And, and we we yeah. took it to a board meeting, and uh, you know, it didn't go over near as well as what the rounds was, for research. What were the thoughts behind the closest to the pen contest? Well, I just thought if you'd have a superintendent go out there and sit on a par three hole, uh, you know, for uh, one day. And that, and we'd make it a, you know, you start at the local level and then you do like a million dollar yeah. shootout for anybody who got a hole in one through all the right. courses. And you give $5 for everybody that did it, that people would support it. Um, did they ever but try? But the superintendent said, I don't want to go sit by yeah. hole for a day. Uh, yeah. And so Tim said, I have this other idea. Yeah. <laughs> with a PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> right. <Then> Tim came <laughs> and in, a budget. Tim, Tim came in with a uh, with rounds for research, and the board bought into that wholly, but Paul Jett provided the impetus that first year he called to every really golf get right. people going on it, yeah. and it's just sort of – kept going from there the other thing with paul was and i had already said we're outgrowing this building i said we need to do something we need to look for some so paul and jeff cannell correct came up a couple of times we went around we looked at potential lease property we looked at um actually we looked more at leasing we really didn't think about purchasing at that time but you had the money to purchase we there was that. even discussion we, to move it out of liberty right yeah yeah we had we had money if if we needed if we wanted to use it for that um but it just so happened we looked at all these places and then we were coming back into town and like that morning a sign had gone up on this building uh for sale that used to be a, a floral shop and then it was a church and it had a really? sign up Sandwich on it. Sandwich shop. And so. Bang. All here. Yeah, like yeah. Chuck's old office, that one in there has got those steel walls or whatever. Yeah, where it used to be a vault or a refrigerator. Ah, uh-huh. So that's where he's. I'll let him tell a story of how he designed it on an Excel sheet, but that's why all those offices are the same size. Um, wow. So anyway, it. Um, I said, well, and they had gone by that time. Donnie Smith and I found it. Donnie, uh, Angie's first husband, and I had been out looking at something else and we saw it. So I came over, I looked at it, and I called Jeff and uh, Paul. Jeff couldn't get here that for some reason, but Paul came up and we looked at it and um, it was a pretty good deal and it, uh, uh, it would need a lot of work to and convert it, but we, I laid it out on, like Tim said, on an Excel spreadsheet of how we might do it and um there was we, a staff contest we whoever's made, design was picked for the new building would win an outback steakhouse dinner guess who won chuck well, of course <laughs> but it was the best so, i mean look at yeah. it. it it has worked out yeah. well yeah. this is his, so this anyway, is his design it, on a little sketch pad of graph paper if you will that's awesome all right so um so anyway it worked out you used we to be were sitting able, in the garage by the way huh the garage went all the way we in. were able to make a deal on it and uh it uh it's worked out well. We're the only only golf course superintendents association in the United States, lo, uh, 
chapter that has their own owns their owns own their own headquarters. That's yeah. awesome. And all the furniture fixtures, yeah. four servers that we've been through, etc. Yeah. Have you ever given away thirty thousand dollars in one day? To- uh, yeah. I mean, we're normally at oh, a I guess conference the, and show, we, yeah. uh, well, 27 nope, whole no, probably not 30,000. Oh, 15, no. 12,500. Yeah, 12, 5, 15. We used to give away trips to Scotland and By the Ireland. way, Gene won $1,000 today. Scarborough? Yes. Oh, you're kidding. <laughs> He's, he sent Gene to Scotland. Right. Yeah. right. 27 yeah, old yeah. Gene went to Scotland. Yep. So he won That's a grand good. today. Yeah. That's another one. So anyway. So during your time here. Yeah, your tenure, your multiple tenures. What what are you kind of most proud of? I am most proud of, and I think I've told people this before, is that we treated every superintendent, whether he had a million and a half dollar or two million dollar annual maintenance budget, or as I like to say, Cladis Griddle, who probably he just retired. By the way, did he really? Yeah. Cladis, who probably you know works he won some money two years thousand. ago too. Yeah, I okay. do. Right, I right. do know that. Yep, yep. You know, is that is that we always treated everybody the same, and we always looked out, hopefully for everyone's best interest, and we treated people right. We have, like I say, people call this office; they normally always feel better. Whether, whether they've gotten their problem solved or not, just from the quality of the people right. that are uh, in this office. I just thought of a story I need to ask him about. Have you ever confused a board member with a limousine driver? Oh, oh yes. <laughs> yeah. Well done, Alan. <laughs> yeah. Let's hear your side Do of it. Do you remember his name? I don't remember his name. Rick Henderson. Rick Henderson, yep. Yeah, Rick. This was at and this was at a North Carolina legislative uh, uh, golf day. day. Golf day, <laughs> and was Rick on the board, or he was a member of the legislative committee? Correct. Correct. He yeah. was a member okay, of the yeah. legislative committee. Right. He wasn't and, on the board, and I hadn't. I don't know if I'd ever met Rick before, <laughs> I, I, but. Anyway, so it, it, everybody's come walking in. And of course, we get, we're we going to have a limo pick us up to take us to dinner or a bus. And so Rick comes walking in, and he's wearing like a black pair of slacks and a white shirt. And so I and said... a black tie. Yeah, a black tie. So I said, uh, where's the bus? You know, where do you want us to meet <laughs> Did you bring the eight or the twelve passenger van? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that oh, was your. Awesome. Yeah, I'll never live that one down. Rick won't let me. He told that on the podcast, by the way. Yeah. Uh, oh, did he? That's why I felt <laughs> yeah. we got him the name tag with the transportation chairman <laughs> gold name tag. That was that was definitely times. a good one. That was definitely a good one. Huh. Well, um, we leave anything else? Let's wrap this. Well, up. I would just say this. Um, on behalf of all of our members, thank you. There's been a number of them who have, who have spoke about you, asked about you, want to know how you're doing. Um, you left a big impact. And for me, I would say thank you as well because I think some of the things that you've taught me are how to be not only a better employer, um, a better person, a better husband, a better dad. Um, so I've come a long way, and, and I think some of the things that you instilled in us all here are what – 
like I want the girls to say things about me that they said about you when you left, right? Mm-hmm. So that's where I work for. Yep. Um, and the the fact that you brought up, you know, it's not a big deal unless you make it one. That's a huge transition point in life. If you let that sink in and you realize how you react in situations um, and how it affects others. And so with that, I take that away from it. Um, but I think also just the fact that family is first at work, right? It didn't yeah. matter, okay? If, if there's something that came up, just go. Yeah. You don't have to come in here and say this. You don't have to give me an explanation. Just go take care of your family. You, we we know that your job's important and you'll be here. All right. And, and so I think to have that philosophy in an environment has been amazing. And I hope that these ladies still enjoy working for me as much as they did Chuck. But um, I want to thank Chuck for always treating me kind, like I was one of the boys at the conference show, even though he didn't really know me so well. I was hanging out in the office. Obviously, you got to be somebody to get in y'all's work yeah. workstation. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, you can't but, come in HQ unless you got a pass. <laughs> no, but thank you for always treating me well. Well, thank you guys, and and for the members out there and the past presidents that I've worked for, uh, I miss y'all. I really, really missed conference and show this year. For just hope that everything works out next year. You know that. In fact, I think Trent's. Uh, I think the slogan next year ought to be "Welcome back to the family reunion." Well, like for that. next year's conference wow. and show. You can, uh, you can build Tim you know, for that later. Yeah. yeah. Free lunch. We'll feed him. Good. We'll give First, him the bulldog routine. We got to get him to cut a bulldog in. I know. We did not mention Chuck at all. Well, Chuck we Conley. could have mentioned that Chuck could have parked in, parked in Chuck's parking spot. No, but Chuck, he didn't was, because already Chuck, was, Chuck was already there. Chuck was already there. All right, we got to ask. Oh, wait, because he was here for free breakfast today because <laughs> the free lunch isn't Tim, served until after the podcast. Tim did cook Chuck and I omelets this morning, Chuck Conley and I. We did omelets this morning. Oh, you, Chuck's had an omelet of yeah. mine before. Oh, yeah. First car you drove? Oh yeah, good car. Oh well, the first car was a uh, was a nineteen sixty seven VW Beetle. Beautiful. But when I was well, in tell me Vietnam, it was what color? Tell me it was baby blue. It was beige. Okay, oh, no beige. Uh, but when I was in Vietnam after my first tour, sixty seven, I had extended. Uh, for another six months. I came home, and when I was home, I ordered a 1968 Dodge Charger RT with a 440 Magnum engine. Where is it? I wish I could believe it. It would have been the best investment I've ever made. We've been cannonball running down to the beach every year. What are you talking about? uh, uh, So anyway, when I got home from Vietnam, sitting on the showroom floor was this bright red with black vinyl top oh. dodge uh 68 rt 440 wow. magnum what a car enjoyed wow. it and so i was home for a month the no next, i'm not a badass getting ready just to chuck <laughs> getting ready to go to fort walters texas to be an instructor pilot my brother who's three years younger than me uh said and i i was leaving the next morning he said can I take your car to Sioux Falls, uh, uh, going up to Sioux Falls? I said, yeah, but be careful, and I'm leaving in the morning get back. We get a call about 2 in the morning. He's been sideswiped uh, in 18, my brand-new uh, car. Uh. <laughs> so I've got to leave the car, get a rental car, go to Texas, has to go into the body shop, 
and never ran the same after. God. So anyway, thanks, guys. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you, Chuck. This has been fun. Thank yes, you for sir. sharing with everybody. I you think bet. this is awesome. Go team. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Pullin' Weeds Off Course. To join the Carolinas GCSA and become a member, visit carolinasgcsa.org or call 1-800-476-4272. Follow us on Twitter at Pullin' underscore Weeds and on Facebook at Pullin' Weeds Podcast. <laughs>